0: Well, hi, welcome to episode three of the United State of Us podcast, talking all things motherhood and women and career, and creating a safe space to have conversations about raising ourselves and growing through it all. My guest today is Jessica Stickle, a longtime friend and former colleague. And Jess, welcome to the pod today. I'm so happy to have you.
1: I'm so excited to be here. This is... uh pretty surreal moment for me too as a friend hearing you think and create this over the last few years and now to be here present you've like birthed it. It's real. It's in the world. So thanks for having me. So excited to be here with you.
0: Well this is a little emotional for me too because you're one of the keepers of the dreams of my heart and have (laughs) always been so encouraging and so to have you on here today is pretty surreal for me too and uh, before we started, I just said there's an eagle flying over our house, just flew past our window, and I feel like that's just uh, a little God wink saying that we're headed in the right direction. So thanks for being here with me today. I just want to start out talking a little bit about your background for our audience. Would you be willing to share with us your career history and how you got to be in the career spot that you're in now. Sure.
1: Uh, Well, I've always loved uh, people and groups that gathered. And so I started off, you know, YMCA working as, you know, a camp counselor or a personal fitness coach. It was always about like helping people thrive, be better helping hold them accountable. So there was always these like things that kind of stayed true no matter what job or role I was in. Um, And then from there, I got my first position with Head Start and that was in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. And I got to be a family support specialist. I got to be a home teacher, a homeschool teacher. And so there I learned so much. I learned how to gather people. I learned just developmental stages of kids and families and that whole dynamic. And my role really was to visit them in their homes each week and have goals, like set goals for them. And it was like, perfect. I always say now it's like, kind of like my dream job. Like I think, man, to be able to go into the intimacy of a home and to talk with a family, you know, I was doing that when I didn't even have a family. And so that was so probably interesting for them, you know, this young 20 something year old coming in and trying to set goals with them. And now that I'm a mom, So it's pretty surreal to think back to all of those moments and opportunities and invitations. Um, But I always knew I, I just loved that piece of helping people understand why they do what they do and how they can get to where they want to be. And so from Head Start, it really kind of inspired me to go further with my education. So I went and got my master's in counseling. And then later I got my certification in coaching, life coaching and So really, Head Start was the starting point where I gathered parents, educated them on monthly um, topics that would help them and their families grow, had weekly contact, and then from that point, I went on and became a school counselor because I loved school counseling and um, the school counselor that I had in my life was instrumental in my success. And from there, it was, again, you know, wrapped around kids, families, motivation, inspiration, all the good things. And then the life coaching piece came because it was more about discovering what was available for people. And that part really intrigued me. So now I'm still doing a counselor type role, but I've incorporated more of the life coaching in it. And so I work with students in a high school setting in Arizona now. And then I also have my own company called Inspired Freedom Coaching, where I speak and I work with teens and adults on just helping them grow, grow through things, but inspire them to like, feel their best and do their best. Uh, You know, inspired freedom really means, you know, you breathe life into something and then freedom is all about your actions and your words and feeling non-restricted by them. And so I always saw people get stuck. And I think my main thing was, I want to help people get unstuck and like have that freedom that God wants us all to have that abundance that like, whether whether that's freedom of thought, freedom of action, or freedom of circumstance, that's really where I think my heart always was, and so in every role that I was in, I just got to do a little bit more of that.
0: Yeah, you, and, luck. I mean, right in the middle of your story is where we met, in your first school counselor role, when I was in my first principal role, Um, and who knew, who knew where our partnership there would uh, lead us today?
1: But it's, That's always a funny interview because I feel like, you know, by traditional means, it was like, well, I don't know if that's the role that I need to take. But there was something about the connection with, you know, Miss Erin Flood over here. And I've always been somebody that's really tried to be in tune with the God prompts and like the nudges. And even though the world says, oh, take this position and you should go this route, there's always kind of been this anchor that I try to listen to all the time. And, and that anchor was you. I mean, when I got to meet you and hear you and it was really funny when I, um, I didn't even interview in person with Aaron. I think I heard her over the phone, yeah. <laughs> but there was such a strong connection that I just, there was a personal invitation there that maybe a different role would have had, you know, more money or, uh, a different sense of prestige to it, but this role would have been more about that growth piece and like really just align me more with my purpose and it 's absolutely uh been true i mean no matter now it 's been what how many years um, two thousand twenty and i that was two thousand eleven I think was my yeah, first later. year so it 's been almost ten years, and this you know, connection and friendship has evolved. And so that's, that's the gift, right? That was the nudge. It was like, yeah, I think there's something more than just a paycheck here. So you go for it and you, you watch what I'll create. So I love that.
0: Now, one of the other big roles that you play in your life is that of mother. Yes. So tell us um, a little bit about your life as a mom.
1: Well, I am a mom to three beautiful boys, wild and sometimes whiny, all the time wonderful, right, boys, that um, I have a 10-month-old Easton. He's our newest addition to our family. I have a three-year-old Hudson who is in those lovely threes where you you don't know if he's coming or going half the time, and you're just helping him along his way. Uh, as long as you can keep your sanity while doing so, and then I've got Avery, who's five going on fifteen, who just has a plethora of conversations and questions that he asks and his own ideas that he likes to create so it's uh always a full house and there's a lot going on and so very privileged to be a mom uh what what do you call it mom boy or boy mom boy mom
0: yeah boy mom hashtag boy mom it's a it's a good club to be a part of, yeah. The other thing I want to talk to you about is something that I think is equally important and something you and I, just as peers and people that support each other, have spent a ton of time working on, and that is just who you are as an individual outside of the titles and the roles that you play in your career and motherhood and wife. Mm -hmm. So I'd like to ask my guests, who were you before all of those titles? If you could just describe yourself who are you as an individual or who were you before um, you took on these big roles in your adult life?
1: Yeah, great question. I
0: would say I was a
1: lover of adventure and um, all things free spirit. Right, So I was very much somebody that did not want to be confined to a nine to five. Hence the really the big hesitation of committing to a career and doing all the things. And, um, you know, I think if it were up to me, I would, have cultivated something that would allow me to like travel around and um, yeah, just visit new places, new people, new things. There was definitely an aliveness that came for um, all of that excitement that travel can provide and meeting new people all of the time. And I think just feeling the connection or the God wings So the synchronicities, like I thrive in that environment of seeing how God is always working around us and I, the biggest thing I think, as a mom and a wife, now that I've had to sit in and see, is that for one, a home base does not mean I've killed my soul. Right.
0: What is <laughs> so that? Um, you it's, might have trapped it, trapped it temporarily, but not right.
1: Remember. So it's like there's actually um, I'm finding that there's like a lot of replenishment in this. Um, you know, like I had a really cute moment yesterday where I actually texted Aaron and was like, "I'm making soup." at my house on a Sunday and my kids are playing in the yard and this is a really good day. And Saturday I got to hike and do all the things like adventurous. And so I think I'm, I'm really coming into more of a balance in my life of being able to recognize that I have this need and desire to venture out. And that's what's inside me and has always been inside me. But I also have this need to have a base and a home and comfort and, create consistency for myself and my children and I think I just learned how to thrive in inconsistency and so my sense is I probably that that felt way more comfortable to me than any kind of routine ever did because I was probably not real good at routines. (laughs) And now it's funny because I do these like little five minute mind shifts and I talk a lot about the value of a ritual and a routine and (laughs) yeah. Cause I'm like right there with people learning this and seeing how life giving some of that um, consistency and commitment can actually really be. And so I think for me, it's like, I think I knew how to be spontaneous. That was very natural. And now as a mom and a wife, I am also seeing how it's okay to have um, this framework that sets you up or these boundaries that allow that spontaneity to be even richer in the middle of that. Right. So there's um, bookends that then whatever happens in the story is so much greater and richer and less chaotic and less dramatic because I've put together these, you know, these pieces on each end that allow there to be safety Um, and I'm not always having to wonder what the next thing is going to be.
0: You brought up spontaneity and how you thrived maybe in not necessarily uncertainty, but sort of uh, a freedom that maybe looked a little uncertain sometimes and that it sounds like that that was part of what you learned as survival as a child, maybe just having kind of a more of a non-traditional upbringing. Can you tell me how... The ideas that you had about what motherhood looked like from your own upbringing and your experiences now, were there any consistencies? Are there things that you thought, you know, I have to hold on to and maybe you've learned to let go of as far as your idea of what it means to be a mother or a good mom Yeah, I
1: I would definitely say my parents were full of life. I mean, when I remember as a kid, I remember going camping with them, sleeping under the stars in just a sleeping bag, um, going to music festivals with them. My parents were younger. And so they just involved me in the life of the party and they like to have a party. And so there was a lot of life and activity around me all the time. And I adapted and thrived in that. And so I definitely say that that's part of my spirit and part of my nature and how I was nurtured. And so that has always been a common thread for me. I am an extrovert as well, probably by nature. My Enneagram number is a seven. So I love to gather people and have positive outcomes and, you know, and inspire and all the things. So all these things line up really well. Um, so then incorporating that as, you know, into motherhood, I think for me, I wasn't, um, I don't know that I had a ton of the, the rituals and things like that in that traditional setting. And so that was like, I was saying, it is something I'm growing into as a mom and seeing the value instead of resisting it. You know, when we both um, got pregnant, you know, we were actually traveling. I was away on a one year rotation with my husband as a um, traveling physical therapist. And we found out we were pregnant in Washington and we were like living three months at a time in each of these locations. And so, from the get-go, I mean, parenthood was not like, we're going to have the nice home. And and the funny thing is, we had all that back in Oshkosh, but we were just renting it to somebody else. <laughs> so <laughs> we actually had this discussion the other day, like, or I think I had this in my head, where, like, I could have done that. I could have just moved back into that house, and I could have set up my base. But at that point, I just was not ready yet. And I honestly think it took the third child to really slow me down because, you know, people will say, oh, you're not going to travel when you have a kid. And I felt like, you know what? Don't tell me. I'll I'll do it. Like, I'll figure it out. And so this is what I've learned. It's not that you can't do it. It's do you want to do it? There's a lot of bags that need to be packed. There's a lot of bottles and diapers and all the things. And, and so like the thing that brought me out to the travel to begin with was this freedom But I think sometimes with three kids, am I really getting the freedom and that feeling that I'm craving or am I just putting more work on my plate just for the sake of, and so that's kind of the thing I have to decipher now as a mom and how to really nurture that free wild spirit in me. And so figuring out, you know, how do I set them up with their needs being met and meet my own needs in the midst of that and have that be, you know, something that we all get to gain something from, you know, the diversity of the need.
0: <laughs> yes, and that need I think has as you described your career sort of ebbed and flowed and evolved as well, yeah. you know, as you added children to your family or as you and your husband decided to take different adventures with his career. Can you describe to us how you got the confidence to allow your career to evolve through those stages as you added kids to the crew. You know, you went from a really more of a traditional nine to five, um, like this is what I went to school for, to I'm going to try life coaching and see how this works, to really getting a school district to buy into a program that you created with a vision for a need that you saw, which is pretty incredible. Um, You know, you're, you're the new person in, in Prescott, Arizona, and you approach a district and not only get them to buy in, but really see and appreciate the value in the service that you're providing for them. You know, where did you get that, that confidence to, to try something new?
1: Yeah, great, great question. I, honestly, I really think it's my faith. I just feel like there's this peace in me that's like, well, there's no such thing as a dumb question and you don't know until you don't know. And so, you know, I have, my job is to ask, right? So if I've been given the idea, if it's been planted in me, then my job is to figure out how to grow it. And also just creating um, insight and connection for people, you know, if they don't necessarily see what I see. And so that's what I can bring to the table. And I had a really fortunate um, opportunity with this group because they were I did a short term, uh, school counseling, you know, rotation for them when that, when we were stationed in Prescott, Arizona. So I did get six months to build some rapport and I was doing the traditional role. But in that I, I noticed there was no groups being re- like run and girls and boys needed groups. And, and, um, anyway, and so, and then there was like these opportunities, like it was more of an academic focused counseling program which was great. And that's what students, uh, you know, thrived in, but they also, I recognize the social emotional need. And then just going through my own process of like having a life coach and working through, um, discovering that gifts that is so empowering and energizing versus always focusing on like the problem and what we didn't have and, or what I didn't have and, you know, what was wrong. There's something so freeing about getting to grow something with people and discover something for people. I mean, I just loved it. And so having been a product of that myself, I just thought, oh my God, what if we did this for teens? Like, what if this is the approach that we came at working with teens instead of just focusing on like, well, what is the grade and why is the grade the grade? And, you know, what if I got to ask these life-giving questions, which was my coaching program anyway, um, you know, being inspiring freedom. What if I could inspire freedom in these kids? to allow them to get out of their own way and find some sort of connection for them that allowed them to see school different. That is awesome. Right. And so, and then I incorporated these student groups in that process uh, where they'd get to come and talk with their peers. And so I think it's just trusting that that was such a gift to me that I wanted to share that gift with others. And then really using that relationship that had been built in that six month period, to basically pitch the idea and then not be afraid of what might happen. So, worst case scenario, they're gonna say, No, sorry, that's not gonna be a good fit. Best case scenario, hey, let's have a conversation. What would that look like? And let's see where we could fit that into our district. And the latter happened. I mean, we were able to, I wrote up a job description, and it was actually funny. It was an assignment that was given to me from a coach I was working with, and she said, All right, I need you to write your dream job, and I need you to. See and I said, okay, I'll write it. <laughs> I wrote it. And then she's like, okay, I need you to send it to somebody. I'm like, oh no, I I just thought we're writing it. Like this is this a fun dream. I'll, I'll put it on my dream board, you know? <laughs> and then she's like, No, no, you're gonna make contact with real people. I'm like, Okay, here we go. And so I mean, I think I just went in with that blind faith, like, well, all right, something good is gonna come out of this. You know, what you talk about, you bring about, and there's gonna be something. you know, formed here. And so I just had to kind of detach a little bit from what I thought that exactly needed to look like. And so how it actually occurred was that I sent it and somebody um, had a grant that actually fit a lot of the things I talked about on the social emotional level, but the grant allowed for the freedom. And so then that's where I got to come in. I started with the school district for two years under a grant where that meant every year, I didn't know for sure if I'd get to come back. Well, I collected enough data to show that this social emotional coaching program was really effective and it was a great space for staff and students to know as a resource for kids. And so basically then the third year they signed me on as part of their department. So now it is a role in their department that is a contract that I get reassigned every year. And so now this is my sixth year I've been with them.
0: It's incredible. And it's incredible to hear the stories of the lives that you're changing just with those connections that you made. So um, it's really a, a beautiful, as somebody who obviously loves school as a former teacher and principal, I just feel like those kids and that staff is so lucky to have that resource in, in their school. Something that I think should, should exist in every school, because as we know, if there is not social and emotional health, learning can occur the way learning's supposed to occur, so that's, it's, you're really giving them an incredible gift. You talked a lot about, about your faith, about your need for connection with other people, how you've woven that sense of adventure into your career and into motherhood. Can you tell us just a little bit about how you decided to weave the core values that you are using to bring up your family into Inspired Freedom and... The groups that you do at school yeah I I honestly it's just a daily humbling experience where
1: where I have to constantly remind myself like okay what are our values and, and how do we need to treat each other and um we actually just had this conversation yesterday my husband and I because it's like you know what do we want for our kids and it's like oh we want this and I said but you know where they're gonna really like it's going to be one thing to like tell them that we want them to be like this but it's going to be like a whole nother gift if we can just give that to them and show them that and so um you know looking for grace how do we give each other grace in front of our children and just for the sake of each other and how do we be friends and how do we tell them when we've made a mistake or if i've gotten upset how do i come out and say i'm really sorry i got frustrated you know, this is how I was feeling in that moment. And I'm upset because I spend a lot of time picking up and keeping, you know, the house clean. And then when you mess it, you know, two seconds after you've walked in the door, you know, that kind of makes mom sad or, you know, so I just have really had to learn to model my own vulnerability all the time and doing that even with my husband, you know, right. Like getting to the root of why am I bothered if something is happening And so being able to have the courage to just sit in that feeling instead of react to the feeling, that has been a big blessing. And so instead of like spouting out something and being like, making an assumption that's not going to serve him or I, you know, how do I sit in the need and and honor myself enough to say the need? And I find that when I don't say the need, uh, it's because I... Um, and I just, you know, say something else in response or kind of attack it's because I'm dancing around this, this sense of, um, truth for myself. And, and, you know, so I think the courage really comes from saying, okay, I'm just going to sit in this and say how I'm feeling in this moment and, and what would be more helpful. But I think it's so interesting because you know, say what you need. Well, I don't know that we all know what we need in that moment. And so that's been the tricky part, right? You know, and so I would love to say what I need all the time, but I think it takes confidence and courage and self-worth to even value that I have a need right now. And so that's been the biggest thing, I think, with those groups too, is just giving these girls and these um, students in a space that is safe, you know, similar to what you're doing here with us as moms and women and career like this needs to be a safe space so that we can even go there and identify what the need might be and then how do we articulate it for the person that we're in front of whether that's my child my student or my husband so that we can get to a better place
0: and i love the the honesty even in our conversation today about just being willing to say the things that i'm teaching are absolutely the things that i'm working on you know one of the things that has been so important just in our, the little mastermind group that you and I have together where we kind of coach each other up about our dreams and career and relationships and motherhood is that we're able to articulate to each other in a safe space because we know we're both wanting to grow What our concerns are, or what our dreams are, all of those things in a safe space. And then we help each other come up with a constructive way to either drop the fear or move through the fear, or maybe a constructive way to move closer to what we're really dreaming of becoming. But I don't know that everyone necessarily has that person to Mm -hmm. be brave and vulnerable with. Um, So I'm very grateful for that partnership with you. But I also feel like not everyone is okay with saying, "I'm working on this," sure. you know. And and some of that too. I talked about it to my guest last week, Annie. You know, putting this podcast out there. Obviously, it's new, and one of my first fears was that imposter syndrome that I'm working through. You know, what if people say I'm not qualified to do this? What if people say, "Why do? Why does she think we would want to hear what?" you know, she has to say, or her guests have to say, you know, we all have fears about not appearing perfect, or for lack of a better term, bulletproof to any criticism from people around us. And there's a certain, I think, fear that comes with putting yourself out there. But I do think that there's also a certain excitement that comes from putting yourself out there after you've practiced doing it enough with safe people, because you know the good that can come of it. You know the connection that can come from saying, you know what, I'm not perfect. And this is what I'm working on because it gives other people permission to do the same. Mm-hmm. And I think in like a highly um, highly Photoshopped or rehearsed or practice environment that we live in right now, People are afraid of either A, being caught in kind of a gotcha moment, or B, being caught not being perfect. And yeah. I, I, one of my hopes for this podcast is just to talk through a lot of circumstances where we can say, I'm not perfect. This is what it looked like in the middle. This is how I worked through it. If, if you're going through the same thing, it's normal. And even if it's not normal to the people around you, there's somebody else in the world that says, I can relate to it also.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. So I I appreciate that you're willing to say that you're working through all of the things that you're helping other people work through. And um, you actually reminded me uh, maybe a month ago during one of our, our brainstorming sessions that there's no way to tell the truth about something unless it's the truth that you've lived. And so, you know, having these discussions and, and talking through these things is one way that I'm living my truth. So I I just I just appreciate uh, you encouraging me to work through the maybe the awkwardness of <laughs> some of my some of my moments for growth and just being able to say these are my moments of growth. I'm not stepping out into the space to be perfect, but just to say I'm here doing the work and growing too, and that's okay. Well, right. And I think that's that whole idea of grandiosity.
1: When we think that we have to um, make something so big and perfect right from the get-go, you know, we forget all the practice that has to go in place. Like I, earlier on, I had this whole analogy about a basketball team and watching the bulls and they win the championship. And it was so neat to see their story unfold um, throughout the years because it's not like they just showed up on that court and won championships. And so, that was a big shift for me as a mom. I would say coming into the third child, I really, I love relating to like real life stories and people and, and what did it take for them to get there? Because I think, right, like if I were to get in my own head and sit there, my head would do the same thing. And it would say, well, you should be better at this. And you should just know, and you you taught this stuff and you're your school counselor and you were a family support special. I mean, you know, all the things. So why aren't you doing all the things? And it's like, And then I get in my own way and I'm like, Oh my God, I'm an imposter. And what gives me the right to talk about any of this? And it's like, Whoa, easy one day at a time. That's it. Just one day at a time. And, and nobody's going to be perfect. And that's kind of where I love my faith that comes into it's like, it was never told to us that it was going to be perfect or unmessy. It actually talked about a lot of suffering and um, pain and mishaps. And, and I think that, you know, I've had to kind of merge the world of like, I love coaching cause it's always about being better, but I love faith in the sense that it's this reality check. Like, yeah, you're gonna, you can grow and be better, but don't think that there's not going to be pain in that growth or like discomfort in that growth. Um, to grow doesn't mean that problems go away. It just means that you deal with them better and different and they don't stop you for as long of a period of time anymore, you know? And so I think for me growing up as a teenager, and one of the reasons I'm so passionate about working with teens is because emotions were like a huge thing. And like, I don't, I didn't know if I was coming or going and I didn't know how to really understand them and under, you know, understand like my, my role in helping my emotions. And so, you know, whether that's diet and exercise um, or journaling or right like just honoring the emotion and seeing it for what it is but not having it define my whole day or my whole life right and so I think that there's so much power in recognizing it's a both and I am a like huge proponent of both and like if I write another you know publish another uh book it will be like both and it's gonna be the title because it, it really is like we we have this energy in us that wants to come out and do great things if we're kind of that creative person. And, but there's always going to be these, these doubts and these worries. And I think our job then is just to work through them and recognize what is it trying to tell me? How do I honor it and say, I see you, but I'm not going to let you tell me what to do. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you, you know, I guess I'm, I'm going to have the courage to say, or the confidence, um, or the trust, I mean, whatever it is to just like, say like, this keeps coming back for me, this idea, like for you, you had this idea for a really long time. And one of the things you've said to me has been, um, Jess, if I didn't write the blog, I mean, my body, I mean something in my body physically felt like it was going to like scream and like, you know, and so I love being parallel with you because you write these magnificent things and you put your whole heart out there. And I've had all this going on in my mind for a long time or in my heart, And I don't know that I've always had the courage to put it out or felt like, I don't know that people need to hear it or see it. You know, who am I? Right. That big question. And so when you model that in our friendship and and partnership as colleagues um, or just as fellow moms, it, it really is a gift that you say, you know what? I, my voice matters. My feelings matter. My story is probably similar to somebody else's story And so why would I not share that? And so I think even has seeing you come into your own has really inspired me to be more authentic in my own. And I think that's the gift that you give women right now in this podcast and what you're giving them in your articles that you're writing, because it's really about what you're going to say is different than what I'm going to say. But I think for those of us that feel we have something to say, it's it's so freeing um, to just throw it out there and see what happens, right? And so I love that we, it, the both and is like the inspiration is going to be there, but so is the fear. So, you know, yeah.
0: Yeah. And you started, you started to talk about, you, I thought you were going to say one of my favorite ever things that you say What's is that? that you have to tell your time where to go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, so kind of leading into this, there's a, there's a certain amount of time that I'm willing now to give my fears where maybe I'm, I just have, I've, I've, I'll hear them because I think they're there for a reason. I think that fear is is like one of the informants that, that we need to make good decisions. It's sort of like a gut check. But I also know that as somebody who, to be honest with you, is a particularly anxious person, as you know about me, I can also allow that to consume all of my time, energy, and thoughts, the fears, and then I will literally do nothing and then feel bad about about myself for doing nothing, which is another shame spiral. So um, now I feel like I have told my time where to go, where I would rather invest in opportunities that are a little bit scary, but make me feel connected and give me opportunity for growth than spend my time elsewhere and and to take it kind of one step further in a more practical way you really in my opinion are an expert on telling your time where to go and i think some of that is just connecting with the very root of who you are as an adventurous person who wants to go a lot of places and do a lot of things and the only way you get to do that is if you tell your time where to go i mean you you have a career and three children and a husband and Um, involved in your church and and like maintain friendships better than really most people I know so how what is your strategy how do you tell your time where to go so well well thank
1: you for one um thanks for noticing you know because it's funny (laughs) because my aunt actually was corrects me if I come to Wisconsin every summer and um I'm I have to be scheduled and intentional if I want to see people and so one time she was just like we're just not like you. We're not real scheduled like that. And at first I kind of felt bad. Like, am I, am I anal? Like, why am I, you know, am I making people feel uncomfortable? But at the end of the day, I think it's just like you said, like if I want to see certain people, I have to be super intentional with reaching out to them and making that um, space happen. And I think that I've recognized um, over my own personal growth and all the things that I've read and been interested in. And, you know, these things that like, it's, it's, it's all about don't wait, create, you know, like Mm -hmm. me sitting here waiting and wondering if somebody's going to call me, you know, or if I just pick up a phone and call somebody or if I, so I think there's just this empowering feeling of realizing like, I don't have to wonder and wait, I can actually create and secure the things that I want more of in my life. And I that has been such a gift to me. And I also have had to learn balance with that, right? Because there's You know, um, I I was a big proponent of like where there's a will, there's a way. So Mm -hmm. that was really kind of what led me to this point. And now I, I think I'm a little bit more like, well, I also don't want to force things. I'll kind of let the flow occur. So I think with that, where there's a will, there's a way. There's also this sense of grace that I'm giving my time and the people around me and like God to do his magic, that there is going to be flexibility that also happens. So I think the biggest thing is I'm just going to do my part. So I, I think a lot about co-create, you know, like I'm going to do my part and then I'm going to wonder and wait to see what happens around me. But at least I know that I've, I've put in place and I think it really comes down to just knowing what you do value. So if I know that exercise is important to me, well, then that's get scheduled in right away. And I think over the years I have learned for me, for sure, my three magic pieces in the morning are movement, music, and my um, vitamin drink. And so it's like, And when I do that, it's like I literally trigger my brain to be like, all right, let's go. And I've also learned and paid attention that there's so much inspiration that comes to me in that self-care section of time. And so when I can ground myself, and that's the part where I've learned about a ritual and the bookend to my day, it's like I realize when I do that, I'm really giving myself a gift of so much more energy and availability for my family and similar has been true with my career like when i don't do my career i don't know that i show up as as best as i would if i did my career and so that's why for myself and my husband like we see the value in allowing me to do both and you know because i think there's sometimes you know there's a fear out there that's like well if you do both you're just going to not be very good at either right because you're like dividing yourself and i completely disagree i think it does certainly take a new level of coordination and um, logistics, <laughs> and sometimes I'm like, oh, but it gives so much more life than it ever takes, and that is 100% hands-down why I continue to be intentional with my career, with my district, with my coaching, with my speaking, because these are life giving opportunities. And even this morning I was laughing with Aaron a little bit, like it's a Monday morning at the stickle household and we got a lot going on. We had one kid that needed to go to the doctor. We got bodies that have different needs. It's pajama day at my other child's school. I mean, all the things. And so, and then I had this appointment with you. And so it's, it's a gift that I have a partner who sees the value and how life giving these um, opportunities are to continue to share and inspire and, do really what I think is a God-given gift. And so I think that that has been my piece where I've recognized and been able to advocate for that in a way with my husband, that how do we make this work together? You know, and, and you spoke about earlier, these traditional roles, I, we've really just had to kind of cultivate our own customized family set of roles. Cause even my husband, I think had an idea of what my role might've been coming into marriage, um, and as a mom, and I don't know that I ever knew what my role would be as a mom. I really, I think I thought I'm gonna be a mom, I'm gonna have kids, I'm gonna get married, <laughs> do all the things, but I had no idea the amount of growth I needed to go through to become the mom that I love that I am now. Um, and it really, you know, third child in, I'm really getting it. I don't know that I had it with with Avery. Bless his heart. Thanks that he's you know, <laughs> still such an adventure with me. And um and Hudson, you know, had his own unique set of needs and, and just like I said, I, it's the third child is what really made me slow down enough to recognize that there is a flow to this and what does that look like for all of us, not just me and my needs, right? So there's a, there's a balance. It's like, I can recognize that I get filled up by travel, but if I'm doing that too much, now I see that it, it affects my kids. Um, And so I'm always going to have to be conscious of that or how do I create those quality moments and yet still honor that desire in me to like travel and share and create these experiences for people, you know, live the both and. And I really think that I just believe both and is possible. And I, and I know that it's been in my heart for a reason and I just trust that. And I trust that I'm going to be equipped to be able to pursue that in a way that doesn't take from anybody, but only gives more to everyone. If that makes sense, so it's I like the be replenished. Like I just need to trust that and not get in my head about transaction.
0: Yeah, I love that. And the other thing I think that goes with both, and that I, you know, have have seen you really live out, and that you and I have spent a lot of time talking about, is sometimes you just have to remind yourself that whatever exists is just for now, not forever. You know, and sometimes these stages, whether it's in our, you know, in our marriages, you know, after I remember after we had kids, those first few months of having an infant it can be super isolating. And, you know, and I'm sure my husband was like, what happened to my wife? Where did she go? Will she ever return? You know, and because you've, I felt that way about myself. Like, where did I go? And will I ever return? But that, and it felt like it was going to be forever and it wasn't, it was just for now and not forever, you know? And then you move into this next stage where, you know, you, you're maybe involved in your career at a certain point and you're going, going, going. And all of a sudden you think, I don't know that this is what I need to be doing forever. So you have to get through the right now to figure out what the, the next stage needs to look like for the new version of your, your personal life. For and, sure. and, and, we- and with motherhood you mentioned that all of your kids have their own unique needs and need something different from you. And it's so funny because as a mother, I never considered that before I became one. I thought I was going to show up and just be the same version of like, well, this is how mothers are. No, just because that's how you saw your mother for you doesn't mean that's how your siblings saw your mother for them. You know, we all come at it from such a, a different vantage point and I, I might need to adapt. I know I need to adapt and grow and change. And each child teaches me what they need from me. And again, it just might be for the stage they're in now and not for the stage they will be in forever. So I think giving some grace to, to yourself in all of these things too. Like I might just feel this imposter syndrome for now and not forever. So I just got to get my wings, right? You know, it's, it's just for now and not forever.
1: Totally. And it's on the way, right? Like it, it's just part of your story when I, in grad school, I got to go to India and one of our sayings was every step of the path is the path. And mm-hmm. so just gusting that, like, and I think the thing that if I ever get like stuck in this like timeline and because I'm so goal oriented, if I ever get too attached to the goal, I really just need to recognize like who's imposing that timeline on me. Right. And I, and give myself the gift to just allow myself to move the deadline if I need to. I think deadlines are important. They structure us again, right? They're like this bookend. But if they're too rigid and they're actually draining me of energy, then it's not really serving its purpose. And so I think something I've just come into recently is like, I the intensity of, at which I'm doing my career. I work two days a week right now and that's okay and that's perfect and that's enough and I love getting to be both and I love getting to be home three days a week and doing mom things and going on playdates or going to parks or you know picking up all the messes even though some days I'm like oh I just feel like I've lost my soul in that process but it's it it helps me appreciate the two days that I'm focused in and helping people and having those conversations and so I think I've learned this word of complimentary. It, it is not a conflict. It is complimentary. So my career is complementary to my ability to be a good mom and what that looks like to me. And so being a mom now, I've also learned, like, I cannot compare myself to a different kind of mom. I need to like, it's really just, this is the, this is the, the key. What makes Jesse the best Jesse that's going to show up for these kids and bring joy? What is going to bring yeah. joy to this family? And that's what I have to ask myself every day. And, um, and other moms have to ask themselves that every day. Because if I look to the neighbor down the road and say, well, how do I look more like that? That steals my joy. Mm-hmm. And so for me, joy is turning on the music, right? Like I last week, we were dancing to Black Betty at 7 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> I'm telling you, like, we're all feeling alive. And then this morning, actually, right before this podcast, randomly Alexa started playing some classic rock and sure enough, that song came on again and baby Easton is holding onto the stairs and he's dancing. And and that's just joy, you know, but I feel like, so that's, I've captured it in moments now to recognize like, this is how I want to feel. This is, this is the feeling I want more of in this family where we're dancing together and we're laughing together and we're, you know, just being real together instead of thinking, Do I need to let go of my wild ways because now I'm a mom? No. How do I incorporate that free spirit love of life in a way that inspires my children? And this is the best way I know how. And I think working inspires my kids. Like, I love that they get to go to school or a daycare and work with other kids and other people and have other adults in their life. Mm. I love that because guess what? It does take a village and they're learning how to acclimate in other surroundings. So I'm not taking anything away from them. I'm not taking time away from our bond because guess what? When they come back, it's more quality. It's not, I've learned it doesn't have to be quantity to relate to like, you know, um, just wholeness and goodness and like that feeling of joy, that makes sense.
0: Yeah, and the constant practice of teaching yourself to reframe things like that. You know, there are plenty of moms, myself included, who could say, if I go back and do this in my career, well, then I'm going to feel so guilty because they have to go to daycare. Yeah. Instead, you're giving yourself and them the gift of reframing to say, I can't wait to see what you learn from other people today. I can't wait to hear about the adventures that you have with this new friend or that new teacher you no, know, and, and even if there is something negative about their experience, it's how do they deal with an adverse situation even at five? Yeah. Because that is what their life is going to be like. And we talk a ton about parenting. And <laughs> one thing I think we're pretty good at reminding each other of is no one is gonna love our children like we love our children. And so making sure that they are people that can go out into the community and and adapt and, and and face some adversity and overcome it is part of our purpose just as much as it is to nurture and love and hug and um, help heal the the battle scars of whatever happens when they are out in that world
1: yeah, and just like we won't ever I mean they're gonna love us in a way that like I mean the mom and the dad is always this role and no matter how much it's interesting, no matter how much contact, there will always be this deep rooted love and appreciation. I think under all of it, I mean, I know that not everyone has that same feeling always with parents, but I think at the core, that is what is available for us. And it, it's there because it still is a strong enough bond. And so just how you want to cultivate that within that relationship, right. And, and recognizing, you know, what am I giving my, my child right now? What, what, what gift am I giving them? What gift am I giving myself? And again, it's that complimentary piece. And so asking yourself, you know, what do I need more of and what would they get more of if we both set ourselves up to win, you know, when this whole COVID thing went down, you know, I tried doing the online teaching and stuff and it just wasn't, it wasn't a successful um, venture for us. And so then I decided I needed to look elsewhere and see where could other opportunities be. Um, to meet all of our needs so that we could all thrive. And, I, you know, and that's what I looked for then. And I needed to get over the fact that I didn't do it good enough. You know, I, I just was like, I called it. I was like, I know my strengths and this is not one of them. And that's okay. Yeah. So I'm moving on and I'm going to set them up in an environment that somebody, this is their strength and then he can go there and then I can go back to what my strength is. And now I know that that's not always the option for everybody in this pandemic right now. Um, But I still think that there are windows of opportunity to kind of cultivate more of that. And I just really think when we're stepping into our strengths, then we're bringing in confidence to any environment that we're walking in. So because if we're always in this place of doubt that drains energy or we're always in this place of like weakness, we're we're coming at everything that I'm feeling a little bit weaker. And that's just not helpful. And so figuring out how do I step into my strength, even if that's, I'm going to go work out for an hour, because I love how I feel. So then I bring that back to my family, or I'm going to go, you know, read this book or do whatever, because that's where I've kind of found my sweet spot. And I think just whenever you can dial into your sweet spot, then that sweetness just overflows into the rest of your day or your life. Mm. And I think as moms or anybody, that's really what we can control. And so how
0: do you bring more of that into your day? yeah that's beautiful. I like that. Um one last question, and then we're gonna do a couple of rapid fire. but do you talk to your do you talk to your kids specifically about why it's important that you go to work or what you do or how mom and dad both you know you alluded to the fact that you and Andy really have found a rhythm about how you can both exist as individuals within your marriage and in your family? Do you talk to your kids specifically about those things ever or do you feel like your modeling of it is? is showing them the way.
1: Yeah, it's probably a little bit of both. Um, You know, probably more than this is just what they've always known, because I've always worked. I I was only home four months with Avery before I got the call from the district that said that I could come and do my dream job with them. And, um, you know, in that time, it was pretty funny. I remember downloading uh, Parenthood from uh, prime and I danced with him and cried a lot during those, I didn't know what I was doing. Um, you know, we were learning the way together and, um, you know, so that song forever young will always be like our, our, our song. (laughs) And so, um, I, you know, so, so then once I got the call, I just, it just never, that's what it's always been now. So it's always been that I've been working either two or three days out of the home. And there's been a balance and, you know, whether that was having a nanny come in and getting that one-on-one time doing what their strength was. And then I get to come home and hear all about it. And then I get to take him on a hike and do what my strength is. Right. And so I don't know that it's been like, um, you know, sometimes they will be like, why do you got to go to work? And, you know, then it just comes down to, well, we get to do a lot of fun things in life. And if we want to do a lot of fun things, then we got to work for those things too. And, um, you know, you, and I, I am a true believer that you're really, you're a gift that is put in you. And I love the idea of thinking like, well, what is your gift that's been given and how do you share that with the world to also take care of your world? And so for me, I just feel like I am modeling, like, this is what I think God has really entrusted in me. And my life experiences have shown me adversity, so that now I can share that um, adversity and and the fact that I've gone I've gotten through all that. And now, how do I gift that to other people? And so, I really see it as an alignment. Um, you know, just with Avery being able to observe—he's the oldest one, obviously, right now—and. Um, so if he ever asks, it's like, well, I wonder what you're going to be interested in and what are you going to go out there and create and do for people and the world and make it a better place. So it's really more about that kind of conversation. It's just very simple. It's like, he loves to draw right now. Okay. So how would you share that so that you can, you know, bring joy to other people or, you know, and Andy's a physical therapist, so he's helping heal people. And so we're able to talk about, you know, so we just are fortunate that both of our careers, um, happen to align with helping people, which is just one of those big principles and values. I I think most families want to instill in their children. So it just goes hand in hand.
0: I love how that comes full circle. That was a great answer. Okay. So these are the last five, um, final five of our pod today. So, um, one, what makes you feel alive? Oh,
1: well, I said this the other day in one of my little videos, but I love hiking, uh, for sure in the Canyon. Um, I love camping, all things outdoors. Um,
0: I think laughter is definitely. By the way, she's referring to the Grand Canyon. I love how she's a she's a local now, so she calls it the Canyon. But she's referring to like the rim to rim in the Grand Canyon. So she's not out for a morning stroll, but yeah,
1: yeah, Yeah, you know. So I I just think um, the, the 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 combination of why that is such a gift though is because it's really um i'm moving my body i'm around nature and i think i've also gotten myself to a level of my own health that i love that i can go and do a hike like that and so i think there's that combination of invigoration right where it's just like there's been a lot of goals here that have been set and then so when i walk into that uh you know candy and it's it's really a combination of like this is this has been great. This is what we've prepped for, you know, but at the same time, other just very simple life-giving, like feeling alive is like laughter and like sunshine. I love sunrises or sunsets. Mm -hmm. It is just a very um, beautiful part. And just any kind of like synchronicities in nature are just so life-giving.
0: Yeah. It feels holy, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What's a non-negotiable for you? Like it could be in your daily routine. It could be parenting. It could just be for yourself. What's a non-negotiable? Two things right away. Really. Exercise
1: and disrespect. I I need my exercise. Like I need my movement. It makes me a better person. And I just don't really do well with disrespect. Um, so whether that's language or attitudes, I, I will always have a conversation about that. And so um, that will be something that I think I've learned over the years. Like it's just not necessary. We don't need to disrespect each other and we don't need to put each other down just because we think different. And so I don't have a ton of tolerance for like unkindness. Like, I think we can all seek to understand what the person's need is, whether that's my three-year-old or that's my husband uh, or that's a a stranger. I just think there's so much more to the story. And um, when we seek to understand what's behind the behavior or the feeling there's just such a wealth of information there. So.
0: If you have a goal for yourself in the next year, what's the goal? Knowing you, you probably have like, well, let me get out my list of 16, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Funny. I don't know that I have like a specific goal. I think just right now maintenance is probably my goal. Like I found a really good stride. I found a really good balance with what my needs are when I can plug those into the day. Um, career-wise, I'm trusting the process instead of putting uh, this grandiosity idea of what has to occur. So I've actually detached a lot from some of my career goals in the sense that I just want to make it um, about a daily, like, give back. And so how do I just continue to voice whatever in me and have the courage to share it if I'm feeling prompted to? And so I think my goal would just be to have the courage to trust that process um, and, and know that we'll have enough no matter what that even turns into, right? So does that make sense? Yeah.
0: yeah. You've talked about mentorship a little bit in some of our other discussion, but do you have a mentor or what um, importance do you think having a mentor or a group, a mastermind group or a mentorship um, group plays in your success and, and feeling confident in what you're doing?
1: Yeah, huge. I think it's huge. I think you definitely need people that are going to give life and voice to your crazy ideas and um, get excited with you. And so I I surround myself with that actually a lot. So like I have my um, now will be Monday morning, uh, you know, kind of mastermind with you. And then I go on Wednesday morning walks with a colleague and good friend who really has become a mentor in my life, who just really validates these ideas and also talents like or gifts like you know when I create these things or these things come upon me and I share them it's not somebody that's like oh I would you? you know it's somebody like oh you should try this or you should talk to this person or you know and I go to Toastmasters on Tuesday mornings and so that's always giving me a space to speak new things um, and they're giving me good constructive feedback but also giving me some you know, good, uh, you know, pat on the backs, like, wow, you're growing as a speaker. Um, and then I also am in a mastermind group that I meet with once a month, um, called wholehearted women, where we get to walk through a process of all the things, personal, physical, and, um, you know, mental of what are the things that we want to grow and become more of. Um, so it's, again, it's another space where I can be super intentional and reflective. And I actually, um, just kind of started doing a a marriage group on Sunday evenings. And that's just been really uh, helpful because that's really the stage and chapter I'm in big time. Like I need to invest a lot in my marriage right now because we're the foundation for our children. And so I think my tendency would be to be like, go career and get out there and be big. But right now, like I, I need to reinstill my roots, like, and make sure that like the love is happening right here in this house and it's consistent and so to do that, I need accountability and I need fellowship and friendship. And so, yeah, so I would say those are my groups and I love that they're in place because it's, and then I walk with uh, my best friend on Monday nights. And so we are always chatting and she's like knowing me forever. So I think that that's been such a safe space to get out any kind of venting or frustration, but also by the end of the walk, it's always like, okay this is what I can do differently this week, or this is what I can do to change, or this is what I need to own in that. Mm -hmm. How it helps me move forward.
0: And my final one is you have started over in different States. You've reinvented your career. You continue to be brave enough to reinvent yourself as a mom and as a wife. And just as an individual, if you um, were able to give advice to somebody that feels the nudge or calling to do something that's just afraid and feels frozen, but you think they're ready to start, what, what would you say to them?
1: Check it out.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, check it
1: out. And and this is one thing I'll tell you. Um, I think what I've come to understand too, it's the act, the act of doing it um, no matter on what scale is still the act of doing it. And that's going to fulfill you in a way and, and give you life in a way. So don't think that, to do it, it has to be big. I remember being at a farmer's market in Canada one time on one of our travels and seeing this awesome musician just blowing his pipe down on the uh, like little big pipe. And he was like, it was just so beautiful. And, but you could just see he had so much joy. And in that time of my life, I was always thinking like, you got to be on a big stage and you got to do all the things. And, and it was like, I remember writing a, a post about this being like, do you think that he has the same joy as the person on the stage playing for thousands of people? And I think, yes, I think that you will feel the nudge. If you need to keep growing that and going bigger and bigger and bigger, like that will pull you right. Just like you've shared you, you have this nudge, like it's one thing to write it, but now it's like, Nope, Erin, it's time to share it. Okay. Okay. I'll do that. You know? And like, that's where the courage comes in, but I still think the act of doing it. So just do it. Like whatever your nudge or prompt is like just start it. So whether that's, um, You love flowers, start, you know, plant more flowers and do more. And then you're going to feel this desire probably at some point to contribute and share that with people. Mm Because I really think that we are, as people, we are like made to grow and we are made to contribute. And so it's, it's both and like, you're going to have these pulls to grow yourself and then you're going to have these ways to share yourself. And I wouldn't get too caught up on what size stage that is just as long as you're sharing it if that makes sense yourself or your family or with the community or the world, just share it.
0: Yes. Giving life to it. That's amazing advice. And I love to the advice about who cares the size of the stage. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's when, when you know that you, the only way that you can respect yourself is to set whatever's inside, outside free. That's, it's the time to go. Who cares who sees it as long as it's out there. Right. Yeah. I mean, obviously we all want to, we all want to connect in a, in a meaningful way, but the size of what that connection is can, can look a million different ways for a million different people.
1: Well, and just like you shared, like you're having these conversations, these heartfelt conversations. So like just the, the act of doing them, like is giving mm-hmm. you joy throughout your whole day now. And I bet you any money oh, you show up way different to your family now yes. after these, these conversations, because this has been in you and it's a need you have, you need to connect. And You know, another friend of ours just did the same thing. They just celebrated their one year of doing podcasts. And they said, I would have never gotten through this pandemic if I didn't just have the courage to just trust this idea and do it. And there was such a greater gift on the other side of that fear or that doubt. And, and that's the, so that's what I would say. Just, just trust that if you've been given this idea, the feeling on the other side of it is so great. Yeah. And let that be what drives you. And that's just like movement too. Like we don't feel like working out, but on the other side of it, there is such a gift and excitement that comes to us or energy. And I think the same thing is true about the dream.
0: Love it. You, you are such a gift, my friend. Thank you for joining us. Third episode of the United State of Us podcast where I'm so proud to just save space for women to talk about what's important uh, to us in our lives happening right now. Thank you for uh, pressing pause uh, on your busy morning as a mother and I uh, thank your husband for me for taking the sick child so that we could still do this give uh, give your middle your sick middle man a kiss for me and I will be thinking about you and praying for you. And I'm so grateful. Where can people find you on social to give, uh, inspired freedom a little bit of love?
1: Oh, sure. So I have a website, it's InspiredFreedomCoaching.com, And then I'm also on, um, Facebook. I think inspired freedom coaching is on there as well. And then, um, I think those are the two outlets for the coaching piece. And then I've been doing these mindset shift videos on YouTube. And so you can find me under uh, either Jessica Stickle or Inspire Your Freedom, I think is the uh, place on there. But yeah, they're just fun. If you're looking for a mindset shift, they're under five minutes and it's just a little gift to give yourself to rethink how you're thinking about something. Because, you know, when we change the way we look at things, the things we look at change.
0: Yes. Amen. That's a perfect way to end today. Love you, friend. Give your crew a hug for me.
1: They love you too, friend.
0: Bye. Bye.